you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Since you are reluctant to provide us with the location of the rebel base, I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. No, we're here. There's just no Alderaan. That's what I'm telling you, kid. My playoff challenge team is Alderaan. (laughs) It it got Alderaan. This is the Fantasy Cantina. Whether you want blue milk, burrito gumbo, or fantasy football advice, we have you covered. You're listening to NFL Fantasy Live. 888-XM Fantasy. That just makes me laugh, man. 888-XM Fantasy. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison. It is the Fantasy Cantina. Which means anything goes. And when I say anything goes, anything goes. The topics we talk about, your questions, it kind of goes, well, you'll see over the next few minutes. Once again, 888-XM Fantasy, 888-XM Fantasy. We'll start things off, start things off straight here with a topic that we wanted to get to for the last uh, hour or so. Looking forward, you guys are doing a playoff pool this week, and you're, you, know, you're, you want to play the right quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's the right quarterback to play this week? Because you have... Three great options, and one option who may seem like the fourth option right now in Joe Flacco, who's actually had a pretty good playoff so uh, far. Can I ask you a question? How the heck does Joe Flacco turn it on when the postseason gets here? Because all year long on NFL Fantasy Live, we made fun of how he can't get it done on the road, and if he's playing a tough team at home, you don't want to start him. And we were basically right every single week. On the road, Joe Flacco was dreadful. He goes into Denver and has a bananas game gigantic game outplays Peyton Manning something we never thought we would see Elliot how does that happen I mean regular season dud playoff stud I will give him I'll give him this credit he made some nice long throws but he didn't play as well as people are making it out to be okay he overthrew Torrey Smith twice, who had Champ Bailey beaten. One time he had Champ Bailey Ooh, beaten Champ. by, by a good three yards in the second quarter, and Flacco missed him. Okay, His touchdown pass to Torrey Smith 
Bailey had perfect coverage, and Torrey Smith made an incredible adjustment on that ball. That ball could have just as easily been picked off. I'm not... I'm not trying to disparage Flacco at the same time. I'm just saying, how about the the touchdown to Jacoby Jones? Yeah, he put the ball up there so his receiver could make a play. Right. But if another quarterback makes that throw and the safety makes a, the play that he's supposed to make, yep. that quarterback's going to get killed for it. Yep. You know, at that point in the game, that's all Flacco could do. With the game situation, i got to just take a shot here. We saw Eli Manning get away with a lot of those last year. Just throw it up. Winging a prayer, and Akeem Nix and Victor Cruz are just great at going up and attacking the football. I don't think Flacco played poorly. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he had some ha- really good throws. He had some really. I mean, that throw he had uh, to Pitta when they were down mm-hmm. on their own doorstep. He had some great. He had some great throws. I'm just saying that the throws that you see in the highlights. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, he threw those up there. I mean that that touchdown that Torrey Smith caught. That was an incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Incredible play by him. Yeah. But to answer Jason's question, since I'm I'm dead in the water in the playoff challenge because my whole team got decimated last week. I'm going and having some fun now. Everybody knows I love Colin Kaepernick, and you're going to get sick of me talking about Colin Kaepernick for the whole offseason and next year when we're talking about 2013 fantasy because I'm, I'm going to be all over him. You're already sick of him. I'm, hell, I'm starting Kaepernick. I'm starting Gore. I'm going to start Patriots. I'm starting Niners. Those are the two teams that now I think are going to go. I'm not rooting for the Patriots. I hope the Ravens go because I'd love to see a Harbaugh Bowl. That would just be fun. And I'm sick of seeing the Patriots go to the Super Bowl. But I'm going. I'm having fun now. I'm going Kaepernick. Speaking of, by the way, you want another stat here as we talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Here's another little stat for you, okay? I gave you the stat that if you added up the fantasy points that Kaepernick compiled in seven starts and projected him over 16 games. He scores over 300 fantasy points, right? Let me ask you guys a question. I'll ask you a trivia question, then I'll give you some stats. Over the last four weeks, you're going to get this anyways, Elliot. Over the last four weeks of the regular season, which wide receiver scored the most fantasy points? The last how many weeks? Four weeks, including week 17. Over the last Uh, four weeks, which wide receiver scored the most fantasy points? You guess, and then I'll have a guess. I'm going to go Des Bryant. Michael Crabtree. It's Michael Crabtree. Oh, oh I got I'm it. the savant. I am the true he savant. Averaged, he averaged almost 13 fantasy points in a game. Uh, I'm sorry. He, he averaged uh, almost 16 fantasy points in those games. He averaged almost 13 fantasy points in the seven games that Kaepernick started. Project those over a full season. Crabtree would have been fourth at wide receiver in fantasy points. If you just would have lengthened fourth. that out to about five weeks, though, or six or seven, it would have been dead yes, Bryant yes, easily. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, for the last four weeks of the fantasy season, which yep. chops week 17 off, it would have been Dez. The last four weeks of the regular season, Michael Crabtree. Mm. Michael Crabtree, his his value is definitely on the rise. There's no doubt about that. Can I, can I tell you, now you mentioned Champ Bailey. Can I tell you the Champ Bailey joke I heard today? Go ahead. You ready for this? So Champ Bailey went home. The guy's a Hall of Famer now. All right. So Champ Bailey went home after the after the game against the Ravens on Sunday, and he was looking to be consoled and, and, and really just lose himself a little bit in his family. And his son came running up to him when Champ Bailey walked in the door, and Champ was like, oh, what I need to do, I need to see my son. And he bent down to give his son a hug, and instead of running to him, his son ran right around him and ran by him and said, look, Daddy, I'm Torrey Smith. Oh, Smith. <laughs> That's a good one. He runs by him. He runs by him yeah. and says, I'm Tory Smith, yeah. because Tory Smith ran Bryce, by him. Bryce, do we have any rotten tomatoes get, back there? Really? Yeah. You guys didn't like that joke? You, I, I, I want to wow. get I want to get the cane to just pull you off the set. Wow, that's, yeah, wow. just like Fantasy Live. I say something <laughs> funny during the show, and I just got to, hmm, okay, yeah, all right, okay. Smith! Just like during the season. That's a funny joke! 
It's, it's, it's hilarious. I'm laughing on the inside. I am. I am. You, well, now, now, you, now you've made now, – now you've upset somebody, Fab. Well, how about this, what? Joe? Hey, well, you've upset hey, somebody. Jason Smith, you want Wait jokes? If Tim Tebow has a thought, is it a Christian ponder? Oh, oh see, that's, 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 now, uh, now Bryce yeah. just okay. helped you because he made more of an arse of himself. He did, but there's somebody else you've you've upset very much, Fabs. Fan- Fantasy Bane from Dark Knight is here, very upset. Hang on a second, Bane, put on, get a microphone ready. Oh, Mr. Wayne, I didn't like the way you handled your host, Mr. Smith, Mr. Fabiano. You know what, Bane? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think Fantasy Predator's in here somewhere. No, <laughs> I think he is. I was able to dispose of Fantasy. No, Predator, he's in Mr. here someplace. Wayne. Oh, Mister Wayne! Wait, you think Bane could take out Predator? Oh, no I I way! I escaped out of that big pit where you couldn't jump. No, you the did not. Bell kept jumping. You didn't. It I was not was you. How else was I to get out of there? It was not you. No, I, I know you think it was. It the was Razagul's Ghul's daughter. It was, but how do you think I got out, Mr. Raza Wayne? Ghul came down with his crew and they brought yeah, you out. I was able to jump and make it up there, Mr. Wayne. And I put on the mask. Smith, at, least get, at least get the scenario correct. It was correct. correct. I was able to take apart a plane and get on another plane in the opening scene. All right, Fabs, I have trivia for you. Yes, yeah. you Mr. Ready? Wayne. Yeah. In Die Hard. Which is not a Christmas movie. Oh. When when Hans, Hans Gruber, yeah. decides that he's going to trick Bruce Willis, when Bruce Willis points the gun at him and he thinks, oh boy, I'm caught, yep. and he says that he's a party goer, what's the name that he says his name is? Clay. What's his first name? Now, what's his first name? No. That was his last no? name. No. What's your, who are you? He says, you're, no, you're half right. Clay. He says Clay. Yeah? Bill Clay. Bill Clay. Oh, okay. Because he sees the name yeah. on the thing, it says William Clay. Yeah. And that, but I never thought, I'm like, how does Bruce Willis know that it's Hans just because he said Bill Clay? Because he saw the name on the... I mean, I never understood why he suddenly was able to make that connection. No, Bruce Willis didn't know. Hans got behind him with the gun. Right. And... No, but how? But he but he didn't load the gun with bullets because Bruce Willis was just being careful. But the whole Bill Clay thing—they made it out to be a big deal, and it really, um, uh, in re- in reality, it was. So he said Bill Clay, right? Just because his name was on a list, it could have been Bill Clay. I, I, it didn't make sense. Like it's not like Bruce Willis caught him lying. But but remember, he he changed his voice, and I think Bruce Willis was buying it. But just in case, no, he, you're one of them. <laughs> Uh, hey, what do you call a fish without an eye? A blind fish. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Can I, tell, right. can, wait, can I tell you my daughter's favorite joke right now? Oh, my gosh. We got to get this? to fantasy. No, here, here we go. I got it ready for the... Here we go. Ready? Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting... Moo! Interrupting cow, you you said sorry, and I interrupted you with a really, God. really, Ugh. wow, you guys, wow, you guys are Trev, a tough you, got, you can tell they don't have kids. Trev, you guys we are have a tough crickets. Room. Interrupting cow is a funny <laughs> yeah, joke. Do we have crickets. Is there a cricket? <laughs> Soundbite anywhere? Is it too late. You I know what? We all need to have a better sense of humor, Mister Wayne. Man alive! All right, let me throw this at you now. Fantasy best defense to start this week. Who's your best D to start this week? See, I'm going Niners. Going Niners? Is it tough for you? 
No, to me, I'm, I'm done. To me, I'm I, going, I can't I'm win now. Patriots. I can't win now, so I'm just, hey, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a fan of Kaepernick. I'm going Niners. I think they're the hottest team right now, and you know, if we'll I'm, see what happens. If I'm not mistaken, Tom Brady threw a couple of picks last year in the AFC Championship game against these Ravens. Do you uh, think, El, do you think that, that. The correct, Ravens are the, do you think the Ravens are the team the Patriots least wanted to see? No, I don't. Because, because don't, the Ravens play them tough, man. They do, but, but you know... Last year, they were, home. last year they were. Who cares? Were, they they. Uh, if I if I if I remember correctly, didn't Baltimore destroy New England at home in the playoffs? Yeah, a couple but years it, ago. Would you rather be on the road for the AFC? No, no, no. I understand that. Or, or but the Ravens are going to be a tough out, and they're motivated well, with Ray Lewis. No one has. No one gets a bye to the to the conference championship game. You're going to have a tough. Uh, team I don't. I don't think New England wanted to see Denver. But I, honestly, if there's one team in the NFL who I believe, when they say we don't care who we play. I think it's the Patriots. I don't think they care. They're going to do what they do. Yeah. Uh, I worry about the Ravens' age on defense. You know, the Patriots, they're up-tempo, up-tempo, up-tempo. They're, they are running plays at a quick pace. Look at some of the age of the players uh, on the Ravens' defense. I think they're going to have a hard time so keeping up with So you think they're going it. with that fast, no-huddle offense Absolutely. again? That, that's not something they did last year in the championship game, at least not that I remember a lot. Uh, Tom Brady did throw two picks in that game. Uh, I, I, I don't see any way Baltimore beats New England. I do think it's going to be a close game, though, just because I think Baltimore has so much confidence right now. And a lot of times, confidence is a great elixir for lack of talent. And the Ravens don't have the talent right now to keep up. I mean, defensively, I'm amazed at how they're doing it. I really am. Remember, they lost Ladarius Webb, yep. uh, their cover corner, against the Cowboys, I think, early in the year. Yep. Uh, you know, In a game the Cowboys should have won, but we won't get back. Terrell to Suggs was playing hurt. Ray Lewis is 37 years old. Uh, you know. For a 37-year-old, what did he have? 15 tackles last he did, week? They, I mean, 17, he was They unreal. still can't stop the run, guys. They last, cannot stop the last run. Last week was the first week that Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, and Haloti Nato were all on the field at the same time, all yeah. season. So they're finally getting healthy. The Ravens do have one advantage in that they're, they're certainly motivated to play for Ray Lewis. I, I, I can see them beating the Patriots. I don't know how likely it is, but... I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I don't think the Falcons have a chance. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. It wouldn't be the first time, but the Niners are playing so good right now. Their strength is Atlanta's weakness. Yeah. And I don't like what Atlanta endured last week, up twenty to nothing, to get beaten what twenty eight to seven in the second half before that field goal. Yep. Yeah. Here's the I thing. mean that that that's tough, man. I mean, I know it's great for them to come back and win that game, but. The Niners are just playing out of this world right now. They really, I mean, they destroyed the pack. You're right. No, Fabs, you're absolutely right. But here's why I, li- I like Atlanta, and it's two things, is that I think Atlanta needed to get over the mental hurdle of winning a playoff game, whether it was home, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They have been a team that, that you know, as what as much as well as they've done, no one's really believed them, and I wonder how much they believe in themselves. But after winning the way they did, I think they're on the upswing. I, I, I know that San Francisco is going to get a bounce. They're not going to play nearly to the level they played last week. They're not going to play as well. That happens in the playoffs. When a team plays a perfect game, you come down to earth the next week. And I think that's what's going to happen on the road in Atlanta. I, I, I think Atlanta is going to win this game. I think it's going to be close, but I don't think it's going to be a Kaepernick domination like we saw. I think there could be some turnovers. In fact, I think that's what's going to tend, set it in Atlanta's uh, favor is that Kaepernick's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. Atlanta will score enough to so win So you're saying Atlanta, New England. I'm saying Atlanta, New England. Harrison? I don't see it that way. No, uh, I'm he, going St. Fran, New England. He may not have to turn the ball over because he may not have to take very many chances. I mean, if you let Zach Miller get that open, 
behind your linebackers. Every Seahawks completion was the same thing, and Brian Billick kept pointing it out. It was all these intermediate routes. Their linebackers weren't getting depth, and their safeties weren't coming up. That's where the Niners live. Boy, they, they'll throw it to Vern, uh, Vernon Davis, Delaney Walker. They'll throw it to Crabtree. All those passes over the middle, they do that all the time. And then what Fabs brought up, the fact they can't stop the run. So I, I really worry about them. And Fabs, just to, to circle back, uh, the Ravens have given up this year. I'm, cl- I'm counting both playoff games. Mm-hmm. 2,200 yards rushing. That's ridiculous. 2,242 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns. Yeah. Even with two playoff games, you're talking about 2,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to play the Patriots, who I know you think of the Patriots as a passing team. Well, no. The Patriots were one of the top rushing teams in the league this year. Right, right. And uh, and Bryce, our producer, pointed out that the Patriots actually scored more rushing touchdowns than any team in the, in the entire league during the regular season, which you would be surprised at considering you think of the Patriots, you think of throwing the football on Tom Brady. But Ridley had 12 touchdowns. You had the Vereen was in there. You know, they had uh, Woodhead got in the end zone a couple of times, a few times during the course of the season. So the Patriots are a well-rounded team. It's just, I, I really think they're, this is going to be, I really think it's going to be a close game. I really think it's going to be, I think the Patriots are going to win. I think the Ravens were, are going to play them extremely tough. And I, I could see San Francisco going into Atlanta and beating them, you know, 30 to 20, something like that. By the way, I just, I just wanted to point out, Elliot mentioned them using Vernon Davis, San Francisco, like mm-hmm. Seattle used Zach Miller. Mm-hmm. Vernon Davis has seven catches over the last seven I weeks. I understand that, but part of the look what's happening. Look what's happening with Michael Crabtree. It's believe me, they're not they're not dedicating a linebacker to cover Vernon Davis the whole time. It just opens stuff up for everybody else. Fine. If you want to bracket Crabtree and you don't want to let Delaney Walker make plays, then Vernon Davis is going to kill you. I mean, it's that's the thing about the Niners. It's like at this point, it's pick your poison with them. Uh, I do agree with Jason, though, that I, I do think they're due for a little bit of a letdown. Uh, you know, and Atlanta is at home. Which quarterback scores the most fantasy points this weekend? Tom Brady. The, the probability of Brady against against the Baltimore Ravens gives me more than, I think, Kaepernick and Matt Ryan. I think it's going to go Brady, Ryan, Kaepernick, Flacco. That's that's the order for fantasy. I'm going to go Kaepernick. That's where I'm going. You guys are all, and you're no longer allowed to say next season I'm all in on Kaepernick because you're all in on Kaepernick right now. Well, so you can't say I, next I think, season. You're, I, you're in on him right I, now. I told everybody two and a half months ago. You That's guys what I'm know saying. that. You can't say, you, you've been saying, I'm going to be, a, you can only say I'm going to be uh, on him for so long while you're on him. I mean, you're on him. I mean, he's your guy. Now. I'm on him, and I'm going to be on him for 2013. That's for sure. Can you there imagine a Baltimore Atlanta Super Bowl, by the way? Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be tough. I can tough. handle Baltimore, San Francisco, and I can handle Atlanta, New England. How many but Ray not Lewis Baltimore, stories Atlanta. are we, we going to oh. see? How many Ray Lewis and Tony Gonzalez. It'll just be, oh, two retiring vets. and just, oh, It'll be worse than Jerome no, Bettis it, it, no, in no, Detroit. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be Ray Lewis, and then later on, and coming up later on, the other veteran star player you're forgetting about, who it could be his last year as well, it's Tony oh. Gonzalez. That's exactly what it's going to be. I guarantee it. Guarantee oh. All right, 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-XM-FANTASY. Coming up next, Michael Famiano will dazzle us with some big trends from 2012 in fantasy as we spin it forward to 2013. And also, we're going to do a conversation about running backs a little bit. Last week, we talked about Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson, likely your one-two picks in the draft. Who are the next three running backs off your board? All that and more coming up next, Series 210, XM87.
Now back to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Elliot Harrison, Michael Fabiano. That was actually Michael Fabiano just finishing up a Diet Coke. Oh, man, I feel much better now. Nerds. Frankly, this uh, next contest, I'm not uh, terribly big fan of, but it's growing on here at uh, <laughs> I love that. Vote no on 15. Vote no uh, on 15. I love it when uh, when he calls, is not Gilbert, what's the other one? Um, who's the main guy? Not Gilbert, not uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, he calls. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. He calls. Uh, <laughs> he calls Lambda, Lambda, Lambda to tell them that they put the stuff in their jocks. Yeah, and UN goes. I'm glad you nerd. I'm glad you guys finally stood up to those. <laughs> Think about that that movie though. Like, what happened to Betty Childs in that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah. Suddenly, in that would be that yeah. would be controversial. I think if that movie came out. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now, you guys, especially you, Jason, you like to look up stats while we're on the air. Did you know that UN, the head of Lambda Lambda, his name is Bernie Casey, and he was a wide receiver in the NFL in the 1960s for the Rams and the 49ers. Look him up. He had some good stats. I did not know that. What, who did Lewis Skolnick play for? He didn't. You got. You don't oh, find okay. that even the least bit interesting. That is interesting. That uh, is interesting. He was uh, an end for, gosh, probably eight years. He played with John Brody in San Francisco. Just saying. All right. And Roman Gabriel with the Rams. Just saying. All right. Harrison's always got his uh, his football mind cap on. And, and do you remember what's my favorite scene from Revenge of the Nerds? It's actually the football. It's actually a football scene. I always tell you what it <laughs> when was. They, when they when John Goodman's giving his speech, they all oh, have yeah. the, the bomb in their jocks, <laughs> yeah. and he goes, "All right, guys, go shower up." Then he goes, "Oh, yeah, blank, man. we forgot to practice." <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how they're doing practice with like twelve guys. Too. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they're this great football team, right? And Ted McGinley is the star. And oh, he's, he's the star quarterback. All right, 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-XM-FANTASY. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison here from NFL Network and NFL.com. Something we talked about last week on the show. We spent a lot of time debating who would go number one in the draft next year between Arian Foster and Adrian Peterson. We've already done a mock draft here at NFL.com. Adrian Peterson went number one. Arian Foster went number two. Who are your next three running backs off the board, regardless of draft position? Where, where are you? Who are your next three off the board? Because you've got a lot of guys to choose from. It, last couple of years, it's been Ray Rice, LaShawn McCoy, mm-hmm. but now you have Marshawn Lynch in the mix, C.J. Spiller, Doug Martin, Give Jamal me your order again. I'd say, I, I'd say who's, your next th- who's your next three? What my, was your first order? My top five. Well, Foster and Adrian Peterson will go one-two. Right. Just my about my top right, five, I, Foster's one to me. I, okay, that's what I was looking for. Peterson's yeah. two. To me, Ray Rice is three, Lynch is four, and Doug Martin right now is five. Right now, he's number five. So out of that is is Spiller and McCoy and Charles are out of your top five. Yes, and okay. Morris. All right. Elliot, who's your, who's, your, who's your next three after Foster and Peterson? Mm, I think I might. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to agree with Fabs there. Uh, the Doug Martin, Lynch, McCoy triumvirate is really close to me. You could throw those three up in the air because I think McCoy has the biggest upside. But he's a question mark. Yeah, and at that I, spot, I have McCoy, I have I McCoy at six. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm can't. telling you, we're talking about this, and it's January. Yeah, I might move McCoy up. I, who's going to be their coach? I got to agree with Fast. I have to wait and see. It's going to be t- no matter who the coach. It's going to be tough to move McCoy up. I mean, it, because because you, you have so many more known quantities. Would you rather have Doug Martin or Sean McCoy? Right now, Doug Martin, but that might change in the next five or six months. All right, who can? All right, say say you get a you, you get the what seems to be the the match made in heaven for the. Philadelphia Eagles at running back with LaShawn McCoy. You still going to go LaShawn McCoy over Doug Martin? 
if the situation presents itself where the offense is going to be run through McCoy and he's going to be the featured back, yes, I, I, I would put McCoy ahead of Doug Martin. Because this is also going to be a bad football team. This is also going to be a bad team. They're going to be Bucca- starting. Buccaneers, Buccaneers weren't that great this season. Yeah, Buccaneers at least they have, but they have good players at the skill positions to move forward with. You said you, is, like, you said you like Freeman going forward. Line. Vincent Jackson had a great season. Mike but Williams as a had team, a really good I mean, season. they weren't a great team. They were what a five hundred team this year. What did they win seven games? Tampa Bay yeah. seven and nine. But so. Philadelphia is is really starting over. Right, I mean, but they're, you, they're at the, but, but again, the bottom of that division. So much can change. So much can change. You have to wait and see what happens if Philadelphia goes out and gets two or three real good offensive linemen in the draft, and you know what happens if they have a coach who comes in and wants to run the football? There's a lot of ifs. It's January. Yeah, I don't mean and to be McCoy a... has been a better fantasy back uh, for a longer period of time. I mean, Martin's had one year, a very right. good year, but he's had one year. Hey, let's not forget, Philadelphia went into Tampa Bay with Nick Foles at quarterback and won that game. All right, how about Jamal Charles? Can he creep up into the top five? 1,500-yard season, even though he, he had like can. eight weeks with less than with negative uh, fantasy I, points. I, I think <laughs> Not he, for me. I think he can, but th- there's, me, there's better options out there. Like, I'd rather have McCoy. I'd rather have Spiller. I'd rather have Morris. I like Jamal Charles. He's a first-round pick, but there's there's too many other players. I mean, he could, but You sure on Spiller? Not. I like Spiller. You would take him I'll over put, Jamal I like Charles? Spiller, yeah. dude. I'll put Why? Spiller in the top five. I really do like What him. is it that you like about Spiller see, that you don't like about Charles? Because Spiller's more consistent, and he and he's a breakaway threat. He's not going to get. He's not going to have games where he's six carries for twelve. Spiller yards. outscored Guys. Jamal Charles this year, and he started how many fewer games? Jamal Charles. I listen. I love Jamal Charles for next season. He disappeared at times, and I know Fred Jackson's coming back, and you can make that argument. Yeah, that but it's why be did Jamal Charles dis- disappear? I mean, he was playing. They for the, didn't run the football, and 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 now Andy Reid's the coach. Yeah, they're they were also the worst. So team now there. they're still not going to run the football. He no, can ignore I, Jamal listen, Charles now. I, all I season honestly long. think it's a, it's a coin toss, and Jamal Charles, because of Andy Reid's presence, could now be the better PPR option because you always see you've seen you know Bruce Deuce Staley, and you've seen Brian Westbrook, and uh, most recently you've seen Lashawn McCoy. They catch the ball out of the backfield. I, I can go either way. Right again, it's January right now. I just. Uh, Spiller's on my fantasy man crush list. Let me for, just throw this out at you, Fabs. I really like it. Let me just throw this out at you. Uh, first of all, Jamal Charles had a 91-yard run, an 86-yard run, and an 80-yard run. That's a home run hitter. He had two 200-yard games playing for the worst team in the NFL. This I, was listen, his you, first, don't have to, you don't have to argue him. I think he's great. First year back from a knee injury. You know he's going to be stronger mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. And then he also had... Two games of over 30 carries. C.J. Spiller has never been a lead back. He's never been a 30-carry guy. Even in college, he was he was not a, 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 a workhorse running back. I know Bucky Brooks was talking to me about that. I have my doubts about Spiller ever being that guy, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Jamal Charles, I think, has already already kind of proven it. Spiller, once, uh, I mean, once the midseason point hit, he scored single-digit fantasy points once, once, starting in Week 9, to the end of the year, every single week he was ten or more, and in most weeks he was more than ten. Let's put it that way: he had twelve, fourteen, fifteen fantasy points. Charles, again, he had eight in week one, two in week two. He yep. had thirty-four. He had a three-game stretch. Then he went three games where he didn't score seven. Then he had four, five good games in a row, and at the end of the year he had two out of three bad games from a fantasy perspective. I, I like Charles. 
Again, I think it's a coin toss. Right now, I'm going with Spiller. The thing I like about Spiller, it, what would make me nervous is if they do bring Fred Jackson back and they decide we're going to yep. give him the football a little bit. Uh, but what I like about Spiller is that, no, he's never carried the load. But this year, you can't just suddenly say, carry the load, and you're going to do it. There's only uh, there's only a couple of guys who cannot do it, and then suddenly you give them the football, they don't get hurt. That's yep. a big deal. Alfred Morris was able to do it this year, and that was awesome. Speaking but Spiller of what, came the closest to do it this year than any than anybody else. So I think he can take that next step in being someone. They give him the, the ball 20, 25 times a game now. So that's what I like about Keep Spiller. in mind, Fred Jackson yeah. wasn't healthy all year. No, he, he wasn't healthy hurt either. all yeah. year. Yeah, but C.J. Spiller still, he missed the equivalent of, or he would, he got hurt after week two, and then he got hurt again. So he's someone who, and then Fred Jackson got hurt, then he was able to step up. And when Fred Jackson got hurt that second time, 14, 16, 17, I mean, he was, Spiller was just it at the end of the season. And you know, they like, look, Doug Marone does what? He likes to run the football. He, when Syracuse got good last year, they decided we're going to take it away from Nassib and give the ball to our running backs, and we're going to ride our, those guys through. He likes to run the football. More than words, he likes to, to run the exactly. football. Exactly. <laughs> yes, he does. I was just curious real quick where you guys, you mentioned Alfred Morris. The guy ran for 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns. Where do you take him? Late, he's going to go in the mid to late first round. Would you take him over Jamal Charles? Yes. It's close, though. It's mm, close. Yeah, I would rather take Jamal Charles. I'd be very nervous. <laughs> All right, Lumberg. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're putting the covers on the TPS reports it is close. now. Okay, Peter. Bye-bye. I'm happy if Alfred Morris is my second pick. If I get him in the second round and he's my second you running back, I am infinitely happy. If you I'm picking, say, well, say I'm picking ninth and twelfth or 8th and 13th, whatever it is. It's possible, Alfred Morris. I'm happy about that. I'm not happy if he's my first guy. I'm not confident if he's my number one running back. I'd rather, as a two, great. If I can get him early in the second round, but I'm not going to take him as my first, in, in the first round. I'm just I'm laying out so we can break. I'm not. Oh, I, I thought you were just not saying anything because I was saying all the right points. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. All right, very good. All right, coming up next, Matching Mike, Michael Fabianos trips down to a thong and asks Elliot Harris and I fantasy questions about the fantasy playoffs and the 2013 season. It's Matching Mike, but right now, Fantasy Fix. Our game show that we do each week. It's Michael Fabiano matching Mike. It's time to win you a championship, and we are here to help. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. It's our game show that we do each week. It's Michael Fabiano matching Mike. At least I'm along with the music on that second one. The first one, it sounds like I'm really off. <laughs> and you're... Right on cue. That's right. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison. It is Matching Mike. Here's how we work our it's America's fastest growing game show. Michael Fabiano asks Elliot Harrison and I fantasy question, whether it pertains to the 2012 fantasy playoffs or the 2013 regular season. We answer and we try to match Michael Fabiano, the fantasy sports writer, Hall of Famer. Michael Fabiano, who gets inducted next week into the Fantasy Sports Writers Hall of Fame, big ceremony in Vegas, which you will be attending, and uh, hopefully sober, and uh, it's oh, going to be on. a fun... <laughs> I don't drink. No, it's true, you don't How really. great would that be? I don't even know. Well, how great would that be if he looks at the presenter? I sure would like to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that presenter is Kate Upton, I just might. Oh, okay. Likely not. All right, very good. All right, matching mic. Here we go, Fabs. Take it away. What do you have here? I will start off with the quarterback position and a guy that we've been talking about extensively. Christian Ponder? No. Uh, aside from Bryce's bad joke. 
Colin Kaepernick or Robert Griffin III? Who do you draft first next season? Ooh, you Remember, know RG3 coming off of his second ACL. Right now, I'd have to say Kaepernick because of that situation. Uh, is it possible that RG3, I could take RG3? If I hear incredible reports that he's back to normal and I see him and he looks great, but right now it's Kaepernick and... Not just because of RG3 getting hurt now, but because I have more confidence in Kaepernick, a bigger quarterback. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Kaepernick, Cam Newton, guys who run the football but are bigger and can take hits. I have more confidence they'll stay healthy over the long term than RG3, who every time he runs the football, you got to think, oh, just get out of bounds and stay healthy. So right. I'm going with Kaepernick. I'll go RG3. Uh, you know, Kaepernick's got eight starts under his belt right now. Uh, I need to see a little more. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see that. Uh, with the championship in the Super Bowl, maybe I can make a more informed decision there. I also worry that their offensive coordinator, who I think has a lot to do with this, if he gets another job somewhere else, Greg Roman, then I don't necessarily trust it. And let's not forget, you know, the way they benched Alex Smith and went with Kaepernick, who's to say if Kaepernick doesn't hit a snag that, that Harbaugh won't do the same thing next year, whereas I think RG3 is the franchise in Washington. I'll trust a guy I know is going to get the starts. I think right now it's Kaepernick because of the ACL and to that point, I don't think Alex Smith is going to be wearing a Niners jersey next season. I think he may he's not. Gone. It doesn't uh, mean somebody else won't be there. I think he's gone. Um, right now I have Kaepernick, but again, it's January. And RG3 could easily skip him if we hear positive reports throughout the offseason about his recovery from his second ACL reconstruction on that right knee. Let's stay at the quarterback position, guys, and talk about another quarterback who had a pretty good game last week. Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck? Who do you draft first next season? You want this one first, Clark? I'll take Russell Wilson. Uh, This one's tough. I really like Andrew Luck. But I trust Russell Wilson a little bit more right now. And I do because of the team around him. You know, I don't know when Reggie Wayne's going to hit that wall. And when he does, who are the Colts going to have to replace him? Hopefully these young tight ends develop. Andrew Luck's offensive line is terrible. His lead tailback is Vic Ballard. Now, one thing you got to like about Andrew Luck was the rushing touchdowns he got this year. But was that an anomaly, or is that the way it's going to be? With Russell Wilson, I think that's going to—that's the way it's going to be. With Andrew Luck, I'm just not sure. Right now, it's Russell Wilson for me, but it's so close, guys. See, it is close, and I'm going to go Andrew Luck, and here's why. Seeing what they did this year with a bad offensive line and no running game, Andrew Luck was still pretty darn good. All they're going to do is get better in the offseason. They'll get better pass catchers. They'll improve the offensive line. He's got a year under his belt. He's only going to get better. Russell Wilson's going to get better, too. But Andrew Luck is that special three-touchdown-a-game guy. He could be the next Aaron Rodgers. And he give you seven, eight touchdown runs. That's a good thing, I think, not having a good running back. Because he can take those carries mm-hmm. at the goal line and get in the end zone. So I'm going to say it's close, but I'll say Andrew Luck. It's close, and to me it's Andrew Luck, too. Andrew Luck had a phenomenal season, was inconsistent. Uh, Russell Wilson was actually the better quarterback down the stretch. So you're going to see both of these guys drafted somewhere in the same area between rounds five and six, maybe even round four for uh, for Andrew Luck, depending on how your, that draft uh, starts to shake out. But Luck's got the – he's got that pedigree, man. And I just think he could end up being one of the elite quarterbacks in fantasy football for a long, long time. So I'm 0 for 2 I'm gonna go with, with Luck. matching Mike. Yeah, that's all right. Let's move on to the running back position. Frank Gore, who had a great year, or Matt Forte, who didn't have that great of a year? Every year I'm going to say this about Frank Gore. 
I'm going to say, this is the year I'm afraid he's going to hit the wall, so I'm not going to draft him. Uh, to me, Frank Gore is almost undraftable because of that. So I'll go with Matt Forte, who still, the last three seasons, has over 900 yards rushing. He's a big threat in the passing game. Michael Bush came in this year, didn't really take anything away from him. So that was good. So I'm going to go new lease on life in Chicago, Matt Forte. Frank Gore, I just I just don't see a big explosive season, and I like the more the potential for more explosiveness out of Matt Forte than I do Frank Gore. I I, I get it, you know. That's that is so hard. It's tough. It is, and you wonder how much Lamichael James is going to be in the mix right. for the Forty ers next and Gore, year. I believe is going to be what twenty nine this year. Yeah, he's. Oh, I think he's going to be thirty. Is he's, he going to be thirty this year? Let's see. I'll look up Frank Gore for you. I'm going to say he came out in say he's thirty already. No, he's not thirty yet. I think he's twenty nine. Uh, he will be. He will be thirty next season. To me, honestly, Fabs, of all the ones you've ever asked me, this one is a push. It's a push. Yeah. I okay. If I say Lamichael James and Frank Gore's age, then I could also th- say that I think Frank Gore is going to get more touchdowns than Matt Forte. Mm-hmm. And Michael Bush did not sign a one year deal with Chicago. Right. Okay, I believe it was a four year deal. He's going to be there, and he's still going to be their thumper inside the five. So if Matt Forte outgains Frank Gore, which is very likely, all Frank Gore needs to do is score. Four, five, six more touchdowns, and you're talking about even Steven. So, for the first time ever in Matching Mike, I'm I'm, I'm relinquishing to you. I'm going to go with Forte because of two reasons. One, because of his youth. He's, he's a little bit younger than Gore. And number two, what you just said. Do they start utilizing LaMichael James a little bit more? What do they do with that running game? Colin Kaepernick, suddenly a running quarterback in the backfield. Is he going to take opportunities near the goal line away from Frank Gore? And Gore does turn 30. And we have seen in the past running backs you know turn what? 30. You changed my mind. I'm going to waffle here. I'm that worries go. me yeah. a little bit. The Kaepernick point is an excellent point. As you were making, I thought, you know, that's a, all it takes is Kaepernick taking two or three away from him, and now Gore doesn't have that sure. touchdown advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think when we come straight yardage, it's scrimmage yards, not rushing yards. Right. In scrimmage yards, I think Forte will beat him yeah. next year. All right, let's, uh, let's stick with the running back position. Uh, we just talked about this, actually. Ray Rice or Marshawn Lynch? Oh, I mean, Lynch has been wow. ridiculously good the last two years. I mean, yes, Rice, yes. Rice was the, the highest-scoring running back in fantasy in 2011. Last year, uh, this past season, he was he was not as good, but still good. Cam Cameron's no longer there. I think I think Marshall Lynch had about, what, 25 more fantasy points than Ray Rice did, and it was a down year for Ray Rice. Oof. Uh, you know what? He had 24 fewer. This one's easy for me. Is it? Yep. See, it's it's tough. This is tough for me because Ray Rice is going to catch 300 more yards and passes than than Marshawn Lynch is going to. You know what? It's close, but I'll def- I'll default to Elliot. No, no, I'll def- <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll, I'll default to Ray Rice just because I think he's he's the more well-rounded player and the possibility of Russell Wilson potentially. Vulturing some touchdowns, scrambling, getting in from the ten yard line, five yard line. Joe Flacco's not doing that. Uh, so I, the vulture prospect of me for Wilson as he gets a little bit better will make me go more towards Ray Rice than Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I definitely see your point there. Uh, you know, Ray Ray Rice has uh, not been is not carried the ball as much as we would have liked him to. But he's got just as much mileage as Marshawn Lynch does, which is surprising. But to me, it's the kind of mileage that you have. Marshawn Lynch is always trying to incur contact. He will run over guys. And I don't know how long you can keep that up in the league. Not to mention, Marshawn Lynch caught 51 passes over the last two seasons combined. 
Ray Rice caught 61 balls this year alone. He caught 76 the year before that, 63 the year before that, and 78 the year before that. Uh, I like Ray Rice, Fabs, and to me, Ray Rice is clearly the number three back in fantasy. I agree. I think he's three and Lynch is four. Uh, both will be top five picks in 2013. This is a good one, guys, for wide receivers. Marcus Colston, who had another very good year, although mm-hmm. he had some inconsistent weeks, or the suddenly red-hot Michael Crabtree. Who do you draft first next mm. season? Michael Crabtree, who didn't get hot till late, had he didn't get hot until Kaepernick didn't get hot until Kaepernick took over. So we didn't get hot till the middle of the season and beyond, and he still had almost the same amount of points as Marcus Colston. Colston is what he is. He's, he's a 1,000 yards, 1,100-yard guy. He'll get you seven or eight touchdowns. But Crabtree, I think he's just scratching the surface now, you know, seeing what he is. He's always been someone to catch six or seven passes a game, but it was six or seven passes for 65 yards. Now it's six or seven catches for 110, 115 yards and at least a touchdown. I think the arrow is going up on Crabtree, and I think he, he's just getting to be the star player. Remember, he was drafted pretty high pedigree. You know, high first-round pick, and it took him a couple of years. He's becoming that guy. Colston more so is the player he has been. So I'm going to take the guy who I think the arrow is going up on, and that's Crabtree. I'm taking Crabtree, too. Uh, he's three years younger than Marcus Colston, for one. Uh, Crabtree came out in 09. Colston came out in 06. And the other thing, actually, I think Crabtree might even be like three and a half, four years younger thing about... Uh, he's even getting younger every five seconds. <laughs> he's even younger. He's well, eight if years you want, younger I will look up their birthdays exactly, Colson. but I could tell you for certain that Colson came in the league in 06, Crabtree came in 09. That's three years difference right there. He's 12 years younger than Marcus Colston. Here's the other deal. Uh, their, their numbers were very comparable. Colston just beat him. But, you know, if you're drafting a guy in a vacuum, Fabs, i.e. it's your first wide receiver that you're spending a draft pick on, I. because you went, let's say you went running back, running back Gronk, and now you're sitting there and you take Crabtree, I think Crabtree is the right choice. However, I'd never like to take two question marks at one position. So the only caveat I would have is if you take a major question mark like a Jordy Nelson, even Greg Jennings is a little bit of a question mark this year. We don't even know I, where he's going to be. Right. I wouldn't take Crabtree also because Crabtree hasn't proven it before, whereas mm-hmm. Colston is solid money. Yeah. So, to me, it kind of depends on who else you're taking at wide receiver. Yeah. But I'll take Crabtree. I, I think Crabtree because I like the upside. I think Colson's hit his ceiling already. Crabtree has a little bit more room under that ceiling uh, from a statistical perspective. One more quickly, and then I know we have to go to break. Cecil Shorts or his teammate Justin Blackman? Justin Blackman. Cecil Shorts. Wow. He proved it. He proved it. Whoever... whoever uh, is watching film there in Jacksonville. Well, the assistant coaches, they're going to see it on the tape. Justin Blackman was getting a ton of targets early in the year and wasn't catching the ball. You don't care about pedigree for the Jaguars right now, draft pedigree. you got to go with guys that are going to help you win. Cecil Shorts. I'm going to go with Cecil Shorts as well. All right, there we go. Another edition of Matching Mike. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Bye-bye for now. Coming up next, I'm going to hit uh, the Savant and the Hall of Famer don't with hit a me. big fantasy quiz question that could affect your roster Going into next season. That's coming up next, Series 210, XM87. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-XM-FANTASY. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison from the NFL Network here on Series 210, XM 87. As promised, 
quiz for the savant and the fantasy hall of famer. Take a look at how you're going to plan your roster out for 2013. You guys ready? Let's do it. You ready for this? Okay. So for the last four weeks of the regular season, which is basically all your playoffs and Super Bowl, no matter what week you have it, week 16, week 17, the top five running backs who performed for you and carried you to a championship, top five running backs with the most fantasy points the last four weeks of the season, who are they? Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is number two, 94 fantasy yeah, he's points. He's got to be up there because he destroyed the freaking Cowboys in week 17. Yeah. Um, He's number two. Well, Peterson's got to be up there. Adrian Peterson is number one, 97. So as good as Peterson was, Alfred Morris was just a couple points behind. Oh, and you know what? This was in my my, uh, 50 fantasy stats. D'Angelo Williams is one of them. D'Angelo Williams, number four, with 73 fantasy points. I remember that. Ran for 378 yards, caught 140 yards in passes, and four touchdowns. C.J. Spiller would be in there, too. C.J. Spiller is not. He's he's uh, in the top ten. That's... Those numbers by D'Angelo in those four games made up 55% of his fantasy points for the year. 55%. I'm going to say the last one is... Well, you're missing two still. No. You got Peterson, Morris, and D'Angelo Williams. Marshawn Lynch is number three. And who is number four? Ben Jarvis Green Someone who was on the waiver wire until I want to say week 10? Oh. No, Sean. No, No, Sean. Sean Marino. Yeah. All right, so going into next season... D'Angelo Williams, no Sean Marino. Where are they on your draft boards? Well, D'Angelo, it, it all depends on what happens with, with Jonathan Say Stewart. Say Jonathan there. Stewart leaves. Say Jonathan no, he Stewart's would, well, gone. No, D'Angelo Williams would probably be the one that would get released. Well, if, it, depends on the money. it depends on the money. They might be able to make so, a trade, too. So Stewart... Stewart's there. We'll say it's the same situation as last season. Right. Williams is no more than, than a three or a four. He was sure. lousy for most of the year. That's why I said if he um, if and, and if we're talking about no Sean, Willis McGee's still under contract. He was yeah. on pace to have a thousand yards before he got hurt. I don't see no Sean taking over that starting job. I think it's a committee. Yeah, it's gotta be D'Angelo right now. I wanted to tell you, Jason, so I, I mentioned earlier that, that UN, the guy in Revenge of the Nerds, was a wide receiver in the sixties. I pulled up his stats. No, I'm serious. Listen to this. In the 60s, if you got 700 yards receiving in a season, that was like a 1,000-yard year because they didn't play as many games, okay? And they, uh, they, you know, the, the rules the way they were. Bernie Casey had one, two, three, four, five, six, and almost seven years in a row of 700 yards or, uh, receiving or more. Caught 40 career touchdowns. This isn't just like some bit football. This isn't Carl Weathers, who was two years as a backup linebacker. This guy was a certifiable starter that caught 359 balls in an era when people didn't uh, throw the ball very much. All right, so now let's end with the this. The guy in Revenge of the Nerds. Carl Weathers' favorite line from any of the Rocky movies. Favorite Carl Weathers line. Nails, stallion. <laughs> I'm going to give you this one. Yeah. This looks like a circus to you, man. At the press conference when he walks out. Oh, Fabs, man. give me your favorite Carl Weathers line. you got five uh, seconds. I pass. You know me, Stallion. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. 
But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.